0: This is Dan Dawn and Karen. And we are the co-producers of the new polyamory event Beyond the Love, Poly Summit 2013. Beyond the
1: Love is a low-cost three-day event on November 15th through 17th in a newly renovated hotel in Columbus, Ohio. You will find a variety of classes, workshops, and summits led by
0: people who live in poly relationships from around the world. As well as fun and interactive extras like Poly Speed Dating and Poly Family Feud. There will be a wealth of opportunity to learn
1: tools, techniques, and communication skills to enhance our poly relationships. We will provide a safe environment for meeting with other like-minded people in a supportive and inclusive community
0: we welcome all those living in a poly lifestyle or considering
1: doing so we're passionate about recognizing as a relationship choice and sharing common experiences on our many different paths find out more at beyondthelove.org we, we hope, hope to, to see, see you there
2: welcome to our bliss bringers podcast The materials we cover encourage adults of all ages, nationalities, and sexualities to open up and embrace their wildest desires and blissful pleasures. You won't find medical advice here, just our personal experiences following the journey of sexual evolution and education in sizzling fun topics that were definitely not taught to us in school but have wickedly blossomed into reality. We discuss adventures in ethical non-monogamy, kinks and fetishes, exotic places to visit, sexy events, workshops, and tips allow us to seduce you into embarking on new adventures where each day you ask yourself, what's your pleasure? Uh, Welcome to episode 17 of Blissbringers. I'm John. My lovely wife is currently not with me. She's gallivanting around the world. I do have... I'm Professor T. The captain. And we also have some visitors here.
1: We do.
0: (laughs) Do you do?
2: (laughs) They snuck in. I have Dan.
0: Hi, guys. And Don. Hi. Don. Yes. Are you glad to be on the, the other side of the microphone for a change? I don't know. It's a little weird. It is a little <laughs> bit of a weird thing. We're normally hosting, so it's great to be interviewed by somebody. Just to give your audience a little background on who we are, Don and I are, I don't know, we've been in a power exchange relationship for about 15 years now. We do identify as a master and slave. We managed to put together a book or two about living as a master slave, Mm -hmm. and we also get to do a podcast called Erotic Awakening.
1: We also um, present internationally at this point on a lot of different topics, and we are co-producers of
2: a couple of events at this point. Busy, busy. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about yourselves first. So how would you describe yourself and your sexual identity?
1: Ooh, I actually was trying to figure out how to put that into a, a short amount of words for myself. So um I know for me, I consider myself a spiritual and sexual seeker. And with that in mind, I'm going to throw some words at you as to how I consider my authentic self. So it's a shamanic healer, sex educator, Buddhist flavored pagan priestess, omnisexual, Kiddush and an empowered, consensual
0: slave. Wow. Fuck, all I was going <laughs> to say is horny, middle-aged goat. <laughs> but it's really interesting that, you know, for myself, I would just say, you know, we started off, Don and I said, well, gee, are we swingers? Are we? So let's try that. And there's people with some more open sexuality. And we recognized we had more of an open sense of sexuality. And, you know, there's where where I would express who I am. I'm simply an open to sexuality person i don't fuck everything that i get oh am i allowed to say that it's encouraged here some time ago we decided that we wanted to be sexually open and we really weren't sure what that meant so now we're just trying to walk in different paths and seeing what it does mean and i'm a rotten swinger i figured that out early on Mm -hmm. but i didn't think that meant i was supposed to be not screwing other things or or expressing passion and love and intimacy in other ways. And, and I guess I, I would sum myself up as a seeker. Don just said it real pretty-like.
3: <laughs> I, I like what Don said. But I'm interested. What do you mean you were a rotten swinger?
0: Our experience with swinging is limited enough. But what we've experienced with swinging is it's very much alcohol-propelled. Well, I don't drink anymore, so that part's not for me. And it's also very fast. We would go to a club. We would meet somebody. We would start talking to them. We would turn our backs. They would be gone. And 15 minutes later, they'd be back and saying, oh, yeah, we just went and uh, sucked and fucked and did all this fun stuff. What have you guys been doing? It's like, uh, we're still trying to get to know people. (laughs) So I found for myself that the physical aspect of sex is cool, but it's not particularly fulfilling unless it comes with an emotional or a spiritual or an additional component of some sort, right? If I was to meet up with the professor and have sex, we would probably have a good time. And I'm not assuming that that's okay in your world. (laughs) Maybe I'm thinking of Gilligan's Island, that professor. But uh, <laughs> uh, you would have a good time with this professor, too. I think. <laughs> but if you were to share something, you know, I've always wanted to do this thing and we got to share something like Ooh. that. Or we started off by having this really intimate, slow eating dinner with each other and feeding each other grapes or some shit like that. Right. I'm, I'm just not good at the pure physical aspect. I need something else to go with it to make it a fulfilling yeah. thing for me so,
2: so what you're saying is you require lots of foreplay
1: no not foreplay really. <laughs> i
0: guess you could put it that yeah. way
1: but see we're also fantasy fulfillers you know it's not just about the sex it's about bringing something to life right so
3: you like to connect with the people that you're with
1: absolutely yeah and i i,
3: think
0: we uh, all I mean do. i think we all do I, agree, I, yeah.
3: my experience with swinging has been
0: quite different from yours but but that's interesting yeah well I I, that's and that's good. I mean, that's from different parts of the nation. We understand different parts of the country, different swing clubs. You go to If you go to three swing clubs, that doesn't tell you what swingers are about. It tells you what that little individual experiences are like. And, and two out of three of the swing clubs we went to were kind of creepy. I mean, you can't just turn your house you know, and say, oh, this was my house last week. This week it's a swing club. Give me $20. Don't bother. Yes, that is a picture of my grandma watching you fuck. <laughs> 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 Sorry, true story. Yes. <laughs> sounds to me
2: like you're more into the direction of what what others have called progressive swinging.
0: I haven't heard of that. I will when we interview you on our podcast. That's what topic we're going to
2: talk about. (laughs) Exactly. But I also see that you're heavily involved in the polyamory community.
1: Exactly. So how do the
2: two relate?
1: Well, I think it's because we didn't do so well as swinging. I mean, we're very sexual people, so we thought we would fit right in. And we actually started out in the BDSM world. So going into the swinging world was a little different. And we just figured out that we're more into relationships than pickup sex, I guess is how I would describe it. You know, not negative, positive, nothing good or bad. Just the way we kind of kind of float. So Dan has another partner. I'm in the process of uh, dating someone else. We just came back from an event and I had a really hot kiss on the way out the door. So I, I may be checking out someone else
0: <laughs> as well. And the reality is for us, we figured out and Don and I both come from previous marriages and previous marriages. What we were told was that we had to do the one man, one woman and anything else was wrong. And it really did not feel mm-hmm. wrong if I noticed somebody else was attractive or if I felt a sexual interest in another person, that didn't feel wrong to me. So when Don and I got together, we said, look, the rules is that if I end up finding someone else I'm attracted to, I'm going to go pursue that. I'm just not going to dump you along the way. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep, you know, we're, we're going to work out a way that You'll still be part of my life as well. And the same rules apply for Dawn. And we've tried to date couples together and build those relationships. And what we found out later is that there's actually something called polyamory, the idea of many loves, the idea that you can have multiple relationships that include things that we normally think of relationships like dates and love and sex and still be true to your partner. And as a matter of fact, when Dawn comes home telling me about a date that she's been on, <laughs> I either feel very good about it that, oh, she got to go experience something nice. Like for example, if Dawn goes off shoe shopping with the girlfriend, I don't feel jealous, I don't feel envy, I'm, I'm actually glad that I didn't have to go. If she comes back with a great date and she went off doing something I don't enjoy, or even if it's something I do enjoy, it, and then that's one of the dirty little secrets of polyamory. Dawn comes back on a date that was a great restaurant, we get to go to the great restaurant together. She scoped <laughs> it out for me. Or even if it's sex, and when Don comes back and says, "Oh, I had wonderful sex with uh, Lewis." Oh, well, that's wonderful, baby. Let me share that with you. Actually, that's a big turn on for me. I was say it's one of your That's fetishes. actually a fetish part more than it is polyamory. <laughs> but like Don mentioned, I've I've had an additional partner for um, six years now.
1: Something like Dawn that. Don and I
0: have been married for.
1: Uh, well, we've been together for fourteen, a little over fourteen. First sh- inter- first interview was fifteen
0: years ago. It's an enhancement to our relationship versus a conflict.
4: The two of you are the primary the primary relationship, however.
0: If you
1: if you want to use labels that's how I would do oh, okay because we live together we share finances we do a lot of Raise things together. kids
0: together right that sort of thing so yeah from from a normal perspective that'd be right
4: do your children know
0: about
1: it uh, they kind of sort of know about it as in they don't want to know
0: right. at in, this right. point <laughs> indirect they indirectly they're indirectly aware and at uh, well, th- this point,
1: conver- we've actually had a small conversation in case they ran across us. With other people, so they didn't right. think we were cheating on each other. But they literally told us, oh that's your it, business. I don't want to know. <laughs> right.
2: So how does that link into the Dom sub uh, dynamic? Are, are those related or are those separate dimension of your relationship?
0: Well, it's a particularly fun thing because they're not related. <laughs> Don and I have a power exchange relationship, but Karen and I do not have a power exchange relationship. We have a peer relationship. So it gets a little interesting around here on occasion but everybody understands there's also some individual needs that they need to express if i say you know hey let's go see the new batman movie karen will say well i would rather go see the new jackie chan movie i expect dawn to speak dawn's heart not just yes master let's go see batman (laughs) you know um which would be fun now that i think about it wait a minute (laughs) why don't we do that Maybe we could You're
1: enjoy. in charge. You have to set the rules. Are there any movies with Jackie Chan and
0: Batman in it? That would oh, that'd be, be awesome. Um, so the, the two things, often a lot of people will find that they do work well together. In our paradigm, yeah. they're not particular, they're not directly connected. If I or Dawn start a new relationship, we take out, well, will this be a power exchange or not? It doesn't have to be. It's a good foundation, but a peer relationship can be a good foundation too.
3: So does the power exchange aspect of your relationship –
1: permeate the whole relationship or is it mostly sexual or ours ours is a 24 7 relationship Dan is always in charge so it's a hierarchical relationship and he's earned the trust from me you know I really had to find someone that I could trust to give that sort of power to. It is the foundation of our relationship and we created it on purpose that way. You're both comfortable in those positions.
0: Absolutely. And and it really works out well for us to understand because really a power exchange relationship, we like we use the terminology master slave. Other people prefer terminology like dom sub or owner property or owner pet. It really depends on your viewpoint how you approach it but it's really it's all about responsibility right dawn's responsible for taking care of me i'm responsible for taking care of the relationship and it's nice to know that when something happens the buck has a place that it's going to stop there's always a spot where you know somebody's going to step up and say yep i'll take care of it or and it's wonderfully for dawn when i step up on occasion and i say yep i fucked up and i'll fix it versus the the things we used to do in our previous relationship where it said well, if you didn't burn the toast, then I wouldn't have crashed the car.
1: Sort of thing, yeah. We find that this, um, in our past relationships, we had power struggles. And I really don't like power struggles. I like to know where I fit in in the structure and what's expected. You know, we, we kind of got rid of the power struggle.
3: Don, you said that you felt that you consider yourself an empowered slave.
1: Yes, I do. What, what does that mean? that means by surrendering to Dan, I have actually found my seat of power. So by being able to take care of him, I can also take care of what I need to take care of. So I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's like, I can go out, I run a meditation center, a community center, you know, I co-author things, but it's because I don't have that power struggle. You know, if I want to go to school and Dan says no, the answer is no. And I don't have to fight that. And it
0: just, it frees up that energy.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit. How did you roll into doing podcasting?
0: Well, Don and I have been presenting around the nation for about or, and I guess now that we've, we've been to Canada a few times now, so now we are going to say we are international presenters. We needed a passport. Yes. It counts. <laughs> so it counts, right? So we've been presenting for about 10 years on a variety of like power exchange and BDSM and sacred sexuality and blah, blah, blah. And we met all these interesting people and we would come back to town and we would have dinner with a friend and say, oh, I wish you had a chance to meet Jay Wiseman or Bill who was a guy we met in the hallway who was shining shoes and they were really interesting people. And eventually we realized, well, we should just start recording these conversations. And also what the other aspect is a lot of times, uh, especially after we published our book, people would write us and say, you've dealt with this kind of thing before, how do you deal with this? And we we realized we kind of got similar kind of questions often and, and I, I it felt like we really had something of value to share. So one day, and this is literally how it happened, there's a uh, another podcast called Ropecast, and that's run by a guy named Gray Dancer. And one day, Gray Dancer stuck a microphone in our face and said, he asked us some questions. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm recording a podcast. I said, how are you now? Six months later, we started the Erotic Awakening podcast. It's just been weird to week after week to just keep going with it and and feel like, You have something of value to share and every once in a while – and I'm sure you guys are starting to experience this. You get email back from people saying, you know, you guys talked about so-and-so and and it it was nice to know somebody else is dealing with that. Or it was just nice to know that you can be sexually active and happy, that you've got a good relationship even though you've got certain things going on. You know, for us, it's just been a great, great journey. It's been a great enhancement Mm -hmm. to our relationship.
2: So what's the target audience that you're shooting for?
0: Kinky people. Or people trying to figure
1: out if they're kinky or pretty much anything that's erotic or
0: anything like that. Power exchange, leather lifestyle, contests. Fetishes. Fetishes. And, And the nice thing about the podcast is for things we don't know anything about, we reach out to other people, we make them come on the podcast and teach us, right? Uh, yep. i.e. progressive swinging. I have no clue what that is, but after I talk, well, to you guys, I'm going to find out what that is. And we're very fortunate. We get a lot of people that listen to the podcast are people that they're not ready to go out and express themselves sexually, right? They might have read, oh, a book, a 50 something or something or something, uh, <laughs> and said, man, I wish I could go to that event. I could go to a swing club, but I'm just not ready. And they get to hear, got an email saying, it's great to hear what it's like. I'm not ready to go get tied up and spanked and have Mm. uh, an anal plug shoved. Will you quit moaning (laughs) shoved in my hooch? But um, it's great to hear you guys talk about it and feel very good when we do go to an event and somebody says, you know what? We're podcast listeners. We knew you guys would be here and we thought, well, at least we'll know somebody that's here, and we're going to try our first event.
4: Yeah, I think with us as well, we didn't even know that swinging existed. We had no idea that there was swinging and BDSM, uh, BDSM or polyamorous or any of this stuff. What percentage don't even know doesn't even know that swinging exists? A lot of people don't even
1: know. Right, right, right. And
4: and, and yet. They're cheating on their spouses. They're they got a hard on throughout the day. They're they're gawking at other females or males or whatever, mm-hmm. and and they're doing it with guilt, shame, distrust.
1: When in actuality, there's ways of doing it with responsibility. So yep. you know, we've actually designed um, communication tools for our relationship. So that it can work on this level.
4: Right. I mean, we know yeah. for us, it's totally enhanced our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and we've had these fantasies oh, ever since I, we were kids. We had fantasies as teenagers, you know, and then we started to share them. And we just think, wow, we get to leave, live this stuff out. Holy man, that's even better.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and
4: together, we get to do it together.
1: Yeah. Right. right. Absolutely. Right.
2: And the other thing that you guys are guilty of is the Beyond the Love stuff. So talk a little bit about that. What's this about? And why should we care?
0: You should care because I tell you to. (laughs) So let's move on. Now, you know, Dawn and I have been very fortunate that we go to a lot of events. There were not many events for people that are polyamorous and want to express that. And there's like, there's, this one in California Yeah, but it's poly and yeah.
1: It's poly and a lot of other stuff, which we're great with, but there's some people out there that are not into and. You so, know, they're not into kink, they're not into things like mm-hmm. that. They're they're poly.
0: So Beyond the Love is a weekend events focused on polyamory, polyamory relationships. And the idea of falling in love is easy, right? But managing multiple relationships takes a lot of skill, takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of communication skills. So our idea was let's bring together some of the best presenters that we know. And, And where Don and I have been presenting for 10 years, we get to meet other presenters and say, here's somebody when he talks about polyamory, he's not quoting from a book. He's not invited to speak because he's a PhD. He's here speaking because he's managed multiple relationships. He's got the scars to show and he's got solutions for those things that didn't work and bring everybody together and have the opportunity to learn, socialize, and have some fun, and just be with like-minded people. We're very fortunate in Columbus, Ohio, where Don and I are at, there's over 50 people a month that show up at our local poly meetup.
1: And some of that, we have new people every
0: month, so it's not the same 50. It's, it's a huge crowd, just right here in this one city. And so part of it for me and Dawn is recognizing that When we first started our relationship, had we known about polyamory, then it might have taken a different course. We might have started off a little easier for us. Having that opportunity for people just to learn more about polyamory and do it in such a way that it's not going to break the bank, right? $69 for an entire weekend. I can go to a fancy restaurant around here and create a $69 poo. So the (laughs) idea of having $69 and have 10 presenters, multiple classes, and a game show and poly speed dating, I should have probably led with. Because of poly speed dating. But that's just a part of it, too.
3: So, how many people do you expect?
0: And will there be a potluck?
2: Because <laughs> I have <laughs> the impression that every poly event does a potluck for
0: sure. Yeah, no, that's funny. Our poly group does two potlucks a year, too. I did not know that. What did I just say?
1: <laughs> so, we're aiming for about 200 people. It's a hotel event, but we've got a section of the hotel that only our attendees will be allowed in. About 200 people is what it will hold. A little bit more than that. I think it's going to be fabulous. So lots of stuff going on, lots of people to meet. Chill for the weekend.
3: Is there a sexual aspect? It's not a swinger event. It's not a BDSM no, event. Right. It's straight, no, vanilla poly.
0: Straight, yeah. It's focused on the relationships themselves, right? Okay. Because, like uh, the the sex part is fun, but the sex, at least in our house, the sex doesn't last eight hours a day right everything else the bills the cat crapping on the carpets, the you know I got to get the kids to school and girlfriend number one wants to go see a movie but I just took girlfriend number two to the same movie how do you deal with that kind of thing you know this is something I want to last for a little while is where our focus is there's plenty of places to learn about kink <laughs> I just
1: say we just we just we just unloaded the car from coming back from a kink event. There's one next weekend. We got one in three weeks. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of places to do that. We wanted our event to have a different focus.
4: Yep. Right. So, the, so the weekend is to meet people. It's not necessarily to go and have sex or it, it's to meet right. people and possibly develop a, a relationship.
1: And learn and, and go learn. to the sessions. And, and learn, learn. And, and, and have a support network. And right. not
0: necessarily just to meet people, but we are, you know, I actually want people who already have partners to come and learn how to keep their relationships healthy. Meeting other people is an, is an aspect of it, but building long-term foundations for our existing relationships is an important part of it as well. And that's the focus
1: that we take with our other event as well. So we have another event that we run yearly. Even though it's Power Exchange, it is not a party. It is all on how to communicate and build your dynamic and build your foundation.
0: And I don't know if this is true in the Swinger community or even the circles that you guys run in. A lot of times we'll ask people... You know, how long have you been in a relationship and, you know, in a, in a group of people? Oh, we've been together for two years. We've been together for four years and then less and less people, six years and eight years. And it's uh, scary how few people in our circles have no, you know, been together for 10 years. And the reality is at the end of the day, when I'm sitting, I'm old and sitting on a rocking chair. I want Dawn to be next to me and I want to be able to say, boy, did we have a good time.
1: I'm just going to grin because I'm not going to be able to remember everything, but I'll know it was good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There'll be pictures.
2: No, yes. I, I think it's <laughs> right. In the swinging community, I've seen a lot of people who've been married for a longer time, like 10 years, mm-hmm. 20 years. Obviously, if they're 20, then they're not going to be married for 10 years. But it's <laughs> um, right. a sort of correlation, I think, between having the happy and Open communication marriage and a long-term marriage yeah so, and but also many of the these people have had their starter marriages who oh, yeah. where, they, oh, yeah. where, where they tried out monogamy and it oh, didn't yeah. work
1: <laughs> I think we had those yeah
2: <laughs> and, and, and it's not that we
4: need swinging for our relationship to work that's not the case between uh, professor T and I however, we can say that swinging has definitely enhanced our relationship and it's mm-hmm it's uh, we're just having a lot of fun with it and one of the things that we've mentioned this in past uh podcasts is uh you know our first experience at a resort and after a couple days one of one of our observations was we felt that the couples at the resort loved each other and cared about each other the same way we did and we didn't we don't see a lot of that
0: nice Uh, nice for you anyway Nice. not nice that you don't see a lot of it no too bad and it's i it's See now I've gone into podcast host mode because now I want to ask you: Do you find that a lot of people uh, use swinging to fix their relationships? But I'm going to save that until you're on my on our <laughs> podcast. Well, they We're think friends. it's going to yes, fix it,
4: but we we, we can
2: actually I can answer that one. in that in my opinion, trying to go try swinging to save a marriage is like having a baby. to save a marriage it is an absolutely god awful idea
3: oh it's even more doomed i think
2: the way that i used to explain it is swinging or any sort of other opening of a relationship will put a magnifying glass on your relationship if it's good it will get better if it's bad it'll get worse right that's
4: a good way to look at it yeah
3: okay Yeah. yeah Because there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to work through. Similar things, I think, I mean, not so much I went to see the movie with Joel and now I want to go see the movie, say he, now Paul wants to go see the same movie. Not so much that, but it does put the same kind of pressure of jealousy and how to manage communication and those kinds of things on the relationship.
0: And no doubt it's, it's challenging, either from just open relationships in general to polyamory where Dom can be sitting on my left, and I'll turn to her and say, I love you, baby, and mean it deeply. And then I'll turn to my right and say the same thing to Karen. That brings up a lot of challenges to some people. Some people flow with it with no problem, and I hate those people, to be honest. I mean, no, no, I I envy them. That's the word I want. But to to be able to sit with other people and learn about – I mean, like just a simple tool like Google Calendar so that everybody knows where everybody's at. And, you know, you don't have those miscommunications or those – you can manage your surprises – can have a, you know be very 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 beneficial and again just to so circle around. Th- th- that's there's there's
2: getting. a rumor here in in the valley in the birthplace of Google is that Google Calendar is actually designed for poly people. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it's it, and 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 the other running joke is that the, what's the poly mating call? Oh, let me open my Google Calendar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one.
2: Another interesting thing that I saw on your website was card game that you developed. Oh, Kickstarter, what? yeah. And it uh, reminded me a little bit of what Kidder Caper did with Great Sex Games.
0: The idea of Kickstarter is, uh, the, the problem when I go either if I'm going to a swing club, if I'm going to a BDSM event, is I'll, I'm good at the flirting. I'm good at meeting people. I'm good at saying, hey, you're hot. And it, I, I say it much better than that, I hope, but <laughs> interacting and, and, and getting to the point where we agree, yeah, we're interested in each other. I'm good at that part. The part that I'm not good at is, so what do you want to do? And because a lot of people that I interact with, they're not necessarily, they may or may not be interested in fucking, but they may have all kinds of very other interests as well, you, you're from bondage to flogging to uh vegetables as insertables yeah those guys um <laughs> all kinds of interesting stuff so the thing we did with kinkstarter was to come up with a card game that would allow us to interact with each other and say look you know i've got these things here that i'm kind of feeling like doing tonight what about you and they can go back and forth so, so it was
1: created to be like a communication tool so it's not like a tabletop game it's more of a, a communication tool, but definitely fun yep
3: i like that i like games that encourage people to express their kinkier side because i think sometimes people are short and on ideas and
2: shy and yeah oh yeah so if people want to find out more about you and the podcast and the event where should they go
0: to find out more about don and i just head over to eroticawakening.com from there you'll find a link to the podcast to our bios to oh, our calendar absolutely. the yeah. books the whole spiel uh, to find out more about the event head on over to beyondthelove.org and that is a uh, it's a poly event run by poly people for poly people we're really looking forward to that first year and hoping that a lot of people will join us and become the force that drives the event right awesome so we will put those references in the
2: show notes thank you it was a pleasure to have you on thanks for spending some time with us
0: Oh, thank you for bringing us on. We very much appreciate it. And and very much appreciate the, you guys as the podcast community, you know, helping us share some of the stuff that we're excited about and interested in. And, and it's nice for us to sit on the other side of the, um, the, mic. the mic for a change. And <laughs> Excellent. Professor, if you want to come out and teach me a little bit about swinging, that, I'd very much appreciate that. <laughs> we might be able to teach you <laughs> a thing or two about swinging. Nice. <laughs>
2: That is all that we have time for today. Remember to check out Beyond the Love in Columbus, Ohio, November 15th through 17th, 2013. Remember to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash blissbringers. You can also check us out on Twitter at blissbringers. If you didn't get all that, you can find all this and our show notes on listbringers.com until next time watch your? your pleasure? all names mentioned in this show are either fictional taken from public record or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned